Matthew chapter 2 from verse 1, the Bible says, And now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his stars in the east and have come to worship him. They said, we have seen a star from the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. What is good news to one may be a bad news to another. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ so they've taken it a little further. They had a bit of understanding, even a little more than the Magis, the, the, the wise men from the East, uh, that it wasn't just the king of the Jews, it was the Christ that was to be born. But they lost sight of times and seasons and the sensitivity that is required to know what God was doing at their time. The Magis saw the star. And they followed the star. The people who were supposed to be like the first beneficiary of the star did not notice any star. <laughs> so while some people were following the star, some people were doing something else that was not connected to the star. So when they told the king in verse 5, so they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. And all through the Bible, you see the Messianic prophecies, the uh, Bible is replete with Messianic prophecies about the coming of Christ, from Jeremiah to Isaiah to, you know, in different portions of the, the books of the prophets. And uh, one, in one of such places it was prophesied that was in the Bethlehem of Judea that the Messiah shall be born. And you know what happened after us? Herod went after young children and all that. The rest, like you say, is history. But the most important thing from what I'm talking about this morning, that God was doing something at that time. And we have to remember what God did then. Some people have the argument that uh, December is not when Christ was born. So all this Christmas, 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 you're just wasting your time. The most important thing is that we have chosen December 25th to celebrate his birth. Whether he was born then or not, it's not the issue he was born. <laughs> if somebody say with me right now, yeah, he was born. Like I was saying in the first service, some of us, I mean, uh, let me use myself as an example. This year, for instance, I mean, my birthday is 28th of December. My brother-in-law is getting married that day, so I can't celebrate that day. If I choose to celebrate at all, I'll do it another time. It's my prerogative the time I choose to celebrate, but the fact that I was born is not in question. So some people will say, oh, my birthday is on a weekday. So I move my celebration to weekend. So wherever Christ was born, we have moved the celebration to 25th. <laughs> so all these theological arguments, uh, whether it was snowing when it was born or it was not so snowing, and uh, let's not go on a wild goose chase. Let's just, we have decided when we're going to celebrate. And the most important thing was that he was born. Yeah, he was born. And you need to be aware of the import of his coming. You need to be aware 
that is coming signified something very important to all of us. And that's that God has a plan. God has a plan. John saw Jesus at Jordan while he was about to be baptized. And he said, behold the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And this is the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. So God has a plan. God has a plan. He chose to orchestrate his plans or to actualize his plans when he's sent in. But the truth is, God has a plan. God, can you let me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God has a plan for my life. <laughs> say it again. Say, God has a plan for my life. The star is a symbol of hope. The star that is saw. That was why they followed it. The big question this morning is, what star are you following? What are you following? Do you rec- I, I mean, are you in full recognition of the fact that God has a plan for your life and you need to follow that plan? The star is a symbol of hope. It shows that the, the, there is a promise. I mean, it shows a promise to pursue. Sometimes a promise can be a promise of deliverance, a promise of salvation, a promise of progress, a promise of realignment, a promise of restoration. There's a promise to pursue. There's a promise to pursue. God always has a plan. We only have people who miss God's plans and who will lose sight of God's plan from time to time. And it does not change the fact that God has a plan. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, God was prophesying to the prophet Isaiah, one of these Messianic prophecies, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. These, these are his plans that he was reeling out through the mouth of the prophet. God has a plan. God has a plan. And from time to time, seasons and time will happen where God's plans will be orchestrated and actualized. And the same thing that God does to the whole world, it does to specific people. It does to families. It does to businesses. He seeks to actualize his plans for a church, for a family, for a business, for a life. But we need to recognize the fact that God has a plan. God always has a plan. In Luke chapter 19, when you read from verse 41, Jesus wept over Jerusalem and he gave a reason for weeping over Jerusalem. And he described what will happen to Jerusalem because Jerusalem uh, was not structured to follow God's plan because they, they missed the day of visitation. So in, in, in Luke 19 and 41, the Bible said, now as a junior, he saw the city and wept over it. May God not weep over your life. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Sometimes God will see a family and will weep. See a city and, you know, literally weep. See something, you know. The Bible says Jesus saw the city and wept over it. Verse 42, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, this time, the things that Make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. May they not be hidden from your eyes. <laughs> so now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemy will build an embankment around you. Surround you 
and closed you in on every side. Jesus was talking about Jerusalem. And this can be anything, anybody, any family, any, any endeavor. And level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you a stone upon another because you did not know the day of your visitation. What's the reason for all that harassment? And, you know, he said, because you did not know the day of your visitation. May you know the day of your visitation. May you recognize the things that God is doing in your life right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May you recognize God's original intention for 2020 for you. Oh, I cannot hear somebody's amen this morning. Are you sure you are ready to embrace this message this morning? Yeah. Because somebody needs to come to a realization that God always has a plan. Always has a plan. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. And he said, in those days, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me and I will be found by you. It's time to look for him wholeheartedly so that we can find him. He will, I mean, and he said, I will be found by you. You will find me and I will be found by you, says the Lord. Somebody needs to find God. You know, he said, you will find me and I will be found by you. The emphasis is for a purpose. That sometimes we think that we have found God. But we are actually skirting around the edges. Well, you know, we are not in the center. It's time for somebody to seek God in such a way that, like he said, I will be found by you. Be in the center, you know, center, center spot of what God has in mind. I want to encourage somebody this morning that you should not despise whatever season of life that you are in. There are some seasons that we get into. 2019 could have been very troubling for some people here. Here, you know, in, in this nation, we've had all kinds of economic changes, different things happening here and there. Some industries have been really battered, some industries that dream better, you know, all kinds of, I mean, layoffs and all that. But however, 2019 has gone. I needed to understand that God has a purpose for every season. He has a purpose for every season, every season of your life. So don't despise your seasons. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 uh, verse 1 says, for everything, there's a season and a time for every activity under the sun. God has a plan for every season. For somebody, there's been a season of, of a wilderness experience where you're just in the backside of nowhere. For some of that person, this has been a season of consolidation. It looks like nothing is happening around you, but you have consolidated. For some other person, it's been a season of growth. Things are happening in leaps and bounds. We are seeing, you know, and you're very happy right now. I just needed to understand that it's a season. It's a season. And God has a purpose for every season. No season lasts forever. Are you still with me today? If the heart remains, the Bible says, day and night. 
There shall be winter and summer. God orchestrates this world in time and seasons. No season lasts forever. We just need to learn what we need to learn for season so we can embrace a new season and still walk with God in that new season. But what the devil does is that when life throws us a curveball and uh, the season looks troubling, we think that we have entered into randomness. And God doesn't have a plan again. Some people just resign to faith and just do things anyhow. And just say, God will do what he will do. You know, 2020, and so what? God will do what? There's no difference in any year. God will do what he will do. That's how some people are right now. Yeah. And we're saying, no, it's a new season. You need, you need an atmosphere of expectancy around your life. ahead. That's what they said last year. And see how 2019 has been. Why don't you crave a change of season? Yeah. Because God has a plan. And all you need to do is to seek to be in the center of his plan. Every season has a purpose. There's something that God wants to do. Enough of, you know, zoning out into thinking that things just happen. You see, when you read scriptures like Ecclesiastes 9-11, for some people, for them, it just buttresses the fact that things just happen, that there's randomness in life. I read from the New Living Translation, Ecclesiastes 9, 11. It says, I returned and saw under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle. Okay, th- that was King James. Okay. I've observed something else under the sun. New Living Translation, that's the one I want. The fastest runner does, doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. And the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. He said, it is all decided by chance, by being at the right place at the right time. Some people read this scripture and they just feel, what will happen will happen. It's all a matter of chance. So if something happens in somebody's life, say, ah, it's just lucky. Yeah, it's just... See, when you walk in the fullness of God's plans for your life, and you follow the star, you can be lucky every day. <laughs> yeah. You can be lucky. Even though, uh, I need somebody to understand this, meaning saying that you can be lucky every day doesn't mean that you will make money every day. But sometimes God will told, not because he doesn't love you, but because you don't need that at that time for some bigger things that are coming. You know, a breakthrough can be a distraction for a season because there's something bigger in the horizon. But you are not seeing it. This is the one you are seeing. Because some people just feel that it's winning every day. That's the only thing that shows that God is there. Sometimes God will put you in a season that you are just consolidating. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, uh, growth may slow down. It doesn't mean that God has gone. Sometimes you need to go root, grow root downwards before you go upwards. And when you are in the season, when you are growing root downwards, there's a possibility for you to think that God is on holiday or vacation in the Bahamas and is forgotten everybody in Lagos, Nigeria or in other cities of the world. But he has a big plan. He has a greater plan. And he wants us to work in his plans. 
He wants us to walk in his plans. No randomness with God. There's no randomness with God. What man calls randomness, everyone calls divine orchestration. Yeah. That's what everyone calls it. Everyone calls it divine orchestration. What we call randomness, everyone calls divine orchestration. Because when you look back, you connect the dots backward. And you tell yourself, God must have been involved in this. Even though that time, I thought just time and chance happened to me. No. God is the one in charge of time and chance. When you seek to walk with him, time and chance will happen to you according to his divine ordination. Yeah. Because there's no... See, if this life is governed by randomness, that means God will lose control of some situations. No. It doesn't lose control of any situation. Even in tragedy, man can make tragedy happen because principles are disobeyed. I mean, things will go the wrong way, but God will still show up at the end of it and turn it around for our good. Can I say something further on this this morning? <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. In Luke chapter 12, we read, uh, uh, no, Luke chapter 10, we read the story. I'm just going ahead of myself and I don't mind this morning. Luke chapter 10, we read the story of the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10 from verse 25. There is eternal life, you know, and that was where the conversation started. I don't want to dwell on that. There's a place I'm going. Jesus said, be good to your neighbors, you know, love God and all that. You inherit eternal life. And say, who is my neighbor? And then he decided to tell this parable. And that parable is very instructive in many ways. In many ways. Jesus was just trying to prove a point that this, whoever helps this person is the, the good neighbor. But the point, another point to this parable is this. In verse 30 there, the Bible says, a man happened to fall among thieves. This is randomness, right? Time and chance. It just happened, it could have been anybody. It just took the wrong route and fell into the hands of thieves, right? And then in the same vein, the Bible says, <laughs> in verse 31, now by another chance, a certain priest came down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. There's always another side of life. Yeah. The fact that you're going through something does not mean that everybody will go through it with you. <laughs> Some people always choose the other side of whatever you are going through. Yeah. And sometimes they are family members. Sometimes it can even be a pastor. Like this is a priest. Yeah. There are people in this church that have offended just because I went through the other side. Yeah, I said, Pastor, we called you. You didn't pick your phone. Pastor was on the other side. <laughs> that people were angry with some of our ministers, you know, because they were on the other side. At that material point in time, yeah, they were on the other side. Sometimes it's family members. And you call yourself my sister. Yeah. And when I could not pay my house rent, you were on the other side. Inside the air conditioner in your own house. <laughs> see, life sometimes, like I said, we throw us curveballs. Like this guy, all the people that are supposed to help him were on the other side. They happened to come in by chance. They saw what was happening, but they were on the other side. But in that situation, that season of his life, all that God was doing was to reveal himself to this guy as the great restorer, as the great redeemer who is not bound by the whims and caprices of close people. 
people that are close to you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you're getting me this morning. So sometimes we go through a situation and you wonder, is God still here? Is God still alive? And God is saying, it's just an opportunity for me to reveal myself to you. Yeah. Because if you have never lagged before, you will not know the great provider. Yeah. And sometimes you have to know God for yourself and get a revelation of who he is. Yeah. If you have never lost something before, you will not know that it's a God that is called the great restorer. And you say with me this morning, that's a restorer. The one who restores. You know, you can only get that revelation especially in a certain way if you have been in the situation. Yeah. The great deliverer. If you have never faced a Red Sea before, they call him deliverer. Yes, we know. But there's a way you know. If they call him healer, if you have never been sick and you are fully recovered because of his power. See, when we call him, we call him healer, healer, healer. Your own jump and the <laughs> lifting of hand will be, people will just be wondering, ah, oh, it's not a song we're singing. See how <laughs> But you will be remembering when you were on the hospital bed and he showed up. Are you still with me today? Because people ask questions. Why, why, why? God loved Israel. He said they are his people. But when he would take them out of Egypt, he could have done, uh, you know, in this, in, in the southwest here, we have something we call Igbe. You know, it's, um, how do I, how do, how do, ah, God. It's a disappearing act. We saw it in uh, our, Yoruba movies. And uh, people who are old enough may have seen it live too. May have not seen it live before. <laughs> you know, where somebody can be in one place and we just lift up one leg and disappear. And reappear on the mainland. Or in Abelkuta. That's another city here. Yeah. Just reappear in another place. And somebody said, ah, black people. You have all this. You can't turn it to an app. <laughs> that people can just download and then, rather than suffering through Lagos traffic, they will just be appearing and disappearing. You just say, "Only I'm going to walk." <laughs> or you just have the app on your phone and just say, "I'm about to go." Rather than calling Uber, you just use a bit. You can imagine if we could actually turn it to that kind of technology. All these things are tripping us, Uber, this other, that. They were here in every part of the world that we are here. Yeah. Praise God. God could have done that with Israel. How do you want to rescue somebody from tyranny in Egypt and still have to pass them through and through and they still have to feed Resi so that they know that you can show up? Because you, any, I mean, it's common sense to say, God, boy, you have all the power now. What's all this now? Let's just appear in promised land. Yeah, we just appear there. But it's only a person that doesn't know God that talks like that. Your faith cannot circumvent God's will. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. God wants to do certain things in your life, 
he wants to take you through certain route, your faith notwithstanding, your faith will only help you to walk through the divine route that God has set for you. Any attempt for you to have another superior faith that can go against God's will will hand you in a bad place. Are you still with me today? Very, very important. Very important. So, we walk in the fullness of God's plans when we are flexible enough to follow him. When we are flexible enough to follow him. And there's only one true star. There's only one way. His name is Jesus. John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one can come to the Father except by me. So can you hear me tell your neighbor this morning, say, you need a compass. Don't live life without direction. Don't head out to 2020 without a map. May you not fall into a ditch in Jesus' name. Or somebody say, better amen. How do I position to follow the star? How do I position to follow the star? How do I position to follow God's plans for my life? One, you must watch and pray. Do both. Many people pray, but they don't watch. You must watch and pray. I'm going to explain what I mean. You must watch and pray. Tell your neighbor, say, it's time to watch and pray. Yeah, so you must watch and pray. You have to do both. You have to do both. In Luke chapter 12, when you read uh, verse 54 there, Jesus said, then the Bible says, then he also said to the multitude, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming. And so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather. And there is. Hypocrite. You can discern the face of the sky and the earth, but how is it that you do not discern time? Many Christians pray and fast. We're going to do a bit more of that in January. As we observe our 21 days prayer and fast, and we pray together every morning, offline, online, and we worship together and all that. We've been on the Reset Prayer experience now for the past eight weeks. This Friday is the last of the eight weeks of Friday evening prayers. So we pray. But a lot of the time, Christians don't watch. Jesus said, when you look at the weather, you know what's going to happen next. And then you prepare, whether it's hot or it's going to be rain. But he said, you don't have understanding of time. You cannot bring that into your life on how to watch. The three wise men, uh, they may have been astute at stargazing, but whatever they were doing, they were watching out for something. That was how come they saw the star. Many people sit your work, you, you, you work or run a business in an industry, and when we ask you three to four questions about what is happening in your industry, we know you are not watching at all. Yeah, they are just there. They are not watching. As we go into uh, next year now, uh, there's the economic landscape for the entire world. There is the economic situation in Nigeria, uh, the budget, what is happening in different industries, where opportunities will be and all that. Even people who don't pray, they watch, they see all those things, they take advantage. And some people only do prayer. They don't have watching to eat. May God deliver you this season. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Sometimes the people that will help you watch may not even be Christians. The Magis were not Jewish people. They were not uh, people of God. They just saw star. They recognized the star. They followed it. 
they were the first to give the Messiah gift and to embrace the newborn king. All the other people were there. John 1 and verse 11. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. Yeah. But as many as received him, he gave the power to be called the sons of God. Sometimes some people will say, ah, eh, this, uh, this person you are even asking advice for, they are not even born again. If they know the industry, and the industry is not about spirit first, it's about practical things first. Let them tell you that one. You will now go and use your own spirit in prayer to add to it, to clarify it, and then for the spirit to then lead you. I wish sometimes, and, and I know it happens, sometimes the Holy Spirit asks some people questions about their industry and they can't answer. If I were the Holy Spirit, I would first of all give you a knock first and say, go back. Yeah, because you are just spending time here disturbing me and shouting and, you know, and all that. But what you are supposed to know, you don't know. Information is very important. It's raw material to process a vision, to process revelation. There are some things God will show you. If there's no bedrock information in your heart, you may not be able to interpret it. Yeah, you may not be able to interpret it. Yeah. You may not be able to interpret it at all. It has to meet for you to gain full understanding. Are you still with me today? Very, very important. So it's time to watch and to pray. Position yourself mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to discern the time. To discern the time. You need to understand what is going on around us. You need to understand what is going on in the places where God has planted you. You need to understand the season and the time that your marriage is in. So you don't pray blindly. What's happening in my home? What's the state that my children are right now? And what should be our focus? So that as we pray, there are no misappropriation of forces. It's properly guided. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That's what Jesus meant. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. You need to understand what is going on around you. Number two, don't be overwhelmed by circumstances. I said that earlier. Don't be overwhelmed by circumstances. Sometimes you lose faith in God's plans when things seem to be happening in quick succession and they are not good things. So you are overwhelmed by circumstances. Like the, 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 the guy in Luke chapter 10 who fell among thieves. If you met him before, even when the good Samaritan came, some people will still be asking Funny questions. You know, was, uh, you know, it's bad enough that uh, armed robbers attacked me. And then now, nobody is praying for me. Nobody has come to see me. I've called my pastor. He didn't show up. I've called our connect group leader, all of them. And, you know, they will just call somebody to come to church and come and give offering. You know. <laughs> that's, that's how some people think. The moment something bad has happened, either God is not showing up. The first thing they're complaining about is, eh, and I've been serving God, though. I've been going to church, and I've been doing it, and God is saying, uh -uh. you are too quick to judge me. Yeah. If you want to judge me at all, judge me faithful. I'm always faithful. And keep your eyes on me because I'm going to show up. Yeah. I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up for you. When you if, if you want to judge God at all, judge him faithful. That is always faithful, and he has a plan. Always faithful, and he has a plan. And that helps you to wait for him and wait for his time and not to cook up something on your own. The reason why many people backslide and they cook something on their own is that they judge God unfaithful too soon. 
You know, when you're in a bad situation, every second is a long time. So this guy that was left for, for the dead, and then church members are passing by, friends and family are passing by, even if that walk by is just two minutes walk, it's like eternity. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying this morning. It's like eternity. But God still has a Samaritan, a helper of destiny, a man sent by God to reveal himself in that situation of life. So don't be overwhelmed by circumstances. Don't celebrate the tragedy, celebrate the recovery. Because there's a recovery. There's something that God is working out through the situation. Glory be to Jesus. Also, don't despise God's vessels. You cannot determine who God will use in every situation. So don't despise whoever God has desired to use, whether situation or circumstance. Don't despise. If some of us were to sit with God, the Trinity, when they were going to choose a woman to send Jesus through, and God said, we have found a young girl, virgin. Uh-uh. Some people will say, ah, God. It's your son. It's now virgin you want to use. When there are women who are born six, seven, they have experience. <laughs> Even their womb has been proven to carry very well. They have never, you know, had any issues. Those were the people you should use. Not, uh, you know, some people will <laughs> be advising God. You'll be wondering. And then, I mean, somebody who has no experience, who is not expecting a child, no expectation, he has not bought any material for children, you know. God, why don't you use somebody who has been trusting you for long? So that the person will be more careful with your son. <laughs> Sometimes that's how some of us legislate who God should use to solve our problem. And we want to advise him. We want to tell him what to do. So don't despise God's vessels. Number, number four, don't be rigid about how you think God should act. Can you discern God's hands even in secular things? Don't be rigid about how you think God should act. Sometimes some people would rather just tell God, this is what I want you to do. And so that's how some of us pray sometimes. To say, God, you know, all this financial problem I have, it will be solved if only you just, if, just give me a promotion. Let them just promote me at work. And God is saying, I don't want you to be promoted at work. I want you to be promoted out of work so that you can get into the fullness of what I have for you. And you, you are here looking for promotion in this place. Yeah. Or there's another opening that I've created somewhere else. But because you are fixated on promotion in this place, then you'll be doing politics there. And as you are doing politics there, you won't see the new opportunity that is outside of that place. So you become a politician. <laughs> you join the PDP and APC of your office when God has already made a room for you somewhere else. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. So don't be rigid about how you think God should act. And lastly, stay in the place of questing. Stay in the place of questing. Stay in the place of questing. What are you seeking God about this season? What should you be seeking God's knowledge about this season? It was in the place of questing that Daniel 
in the book of Daniel chapter 1, when you read verse 2 there, it said, I, Daniel, understood by the books because he stood in the place of questing. Just, you know, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. He was saying, I've read the book of Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. This is the, the, the time that God has set to accomplish something for a people. Daniel said, I understood it. I knew it by questioning, by reading, by asking the right questions. It's time for somebody to stop asking questions like, why is my own like this? That is not a question question. The quality of the question you ask determines the quality of the answer you get. The reason why some people are stranded is that they're asking the wrong questions. Instead of saying, why is my own like this? Ask the question, what is God's plan for this season? Where is God taking me? Is there something that God is doing that I'm not seeing because God is not wicked and he has a great plan for my life? Are you still with me today? Instead of asking, what kind of marriage is this? Ask the question, how can we make progress in this marriage? Yeah. The jailer asked Paul and Silas in the Bible, what, men and brethren, what can I do that I may be saved? What can I do that I may be saved? There's a kind of question you ask that just zones you to that, the zone of sympathy, the zone of, uh, you know, I don't, of, of a victim. Does not position you to think like a victor. That's not question. The Bible says, keep knocking. Keep asking. He that knocks, the door shall be opened unto him. That's, that's what the scripture says. Stay in the place of question. The only thing is you must be knocking the right door. Because if you knock the wrong door and they open it, <laughs> you find yourself in it. <laughs> yeah. So keep knocking, but knock the right door. That's why I say ask the right kind of questions. Yeah. Ask the right kind of questions. Stay in the place of question. Either six shall find. That's what the scripture says. Seek the will of God. Seek God's divine arrangement for your life. Seek the things that God has planned. Will you lift your two hands this morning all over this place? Everyone joining us online. Will you just lift your two hands to Jesus today? And, ask, and just tell him, Lord, I know you have a plan for my life. I know you have a plan for my life. I know my brain is too small to orchestrate my destiny. So I'm yielding this life to you afresh today. The orchestrator of my destiny. The one who is in charge of time and chance. The one who works out everything according to the counsel of his will. The one who says, I will do my good pleasure. I submit it to you today and Lord, I ask that you do your good pleasure in my life. Give me the grace to follow the star, even this season. Give me the grace to follow the star. Give me the grace to follow the star. Give me the grace to follow the star. Oh, will you lift your two hands to him this morning? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. 
just tell him lord father father just i just submit my heart to you this morning and i ask that you cause me to stay in the place of questing help me to recognize the season that i'm in help me to recognize the season over my family help me to recognize the season in my career that i may focus on the right things help me to recognize the star and to follow it somebody pray this morning pray this morning pray this morning tell him lord i don't want to lose sight of the things that you're doing in my life right now I don't want to be like Jerusalem that you wept over because they missed the day of their visitation. I choose not to miss the day of my visitation. I choose to catch every revelation they are sending to me this season. I choose to rightly internalize all the affairs of my life. Somebody this morning, you need to pray, Lord, I refuse to be bitter. I refuse to be bitter. Because I see what you are doing. Because I know at the end of the day, you are working something out for my good. Somebody this morning, you need to make up your mind, I'm not going to hurt this year being bitter, holding people in my heart. The people that chose not to show up when they're supposed to show up. I choose to celebrate recovery and not to stay in the place of regrets because I know God has a plan for my life and he's working everything out according to the counsel of his will in my life so this morning somebody you need to choose to let go and just choose to desire the place where God is the way of the Lord is strength to the righteous. Wherever God is, there is strength there. There is joy there. There is peace there. Where God is, there is peace. Where God is, there is joy. And as you seek to follow him, this season is leading you to the fullness of joy, fullness of peace. Fullness of joy, fullness of peace. Lord, we want to be where you are. Joy is where you are. Peace is where you are. Lift your two hands to him all over this place. Jesus, son of the living God. Elevation.